Thanks for tuning in to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. We're going to have an interesting discussion about women's marches happening around the country. Hope you stay tuned to this hour. And in fact, this comment has come in following our program this morning. I wanted to make sure I got this in. This is from Susan and Logan. Susan says, the Logan Stand Together group is attempting to organize carpools to the Park City Women's March on Saturday and the Capitol March on Monday. Carpools are meeting at Smith's parking lot at 400 North at 6.30 a.m. on Saturday and 10.30 a.m. on Monday. More information is available on the Facebook page for the Stand Together Logan group. If people in Logan would like to make a statement in support of the Women's March, Human Rights and Respect for Diversity, meet in front of the old Cache County Courthouse at 4 p.m. on Saturday for a 30-minute gathering. My feeling is that the president-elect's comments and his choices for cabinet appointees show a blatant disrespect for women and for the human rights advances of the last 50 years. We need to stand up and be counted for what we believe in and have worked for, equality, justice, diversity, and compassion. And we also need to stand together because each other for strength, ideas, and endurance. That is Susan in Logan. And uh, next up... Before we get into today's subject is a uh, follow-up comment to our program on VidAngel, streaming service out of Provo that provides filtering uh, so you can filter out content that uh, you don't want to be exposed to. This is an email from Donna. Donna says, I heard the Access Utah program today and just wanted to add my opinion. I do not use this service, but if I did, I would value its purpose. There have been many movies that could have been done without the vulgarity or in proper intimate scenes. These additions do not necessarily add to the value of the movie. For those of us who prefer not to see or listen to this, the art is not affected by deleting it. In fact, it makes it more easy to digest. For example, watching kids' action movies can be thrilling, but it doesn't have to include an F-word every other word. Family movies do not need to be ruined by intimate scenes that children would witness, that is, their parents having sexual relations. The family could appreciate the rest of the movie without this. As for personal rights, when you buy a product like this, you're doing so to protect your family values and still enjoy the right to view the movie. If Hollywood produces movies they want people to see, they shouldn't be upset with people for watching their movies filtered or otherwise. It is in our home, and it's our right to watch it how we wish. If not, then perhaps the policing will go further to violate our rights to privacy and freedom. We further restrain. What's next? Wouldn't it be more appropriate to control the pornography that goes on in people's home? Why does Hollywood want to desensitize our children to things that will uh, not go out of our minds after multiple viewings? This will affect the overall outcome of the child as they grow up, so Hollywood should just get over it. That is Donna in Logan. Appreciate that, Donna. Keep those comments coming to upraxcess at gmail.com. Welcome now to Access Utah. I'm Tom Williams. The Women's March on Washington organization estimates that more than 1,300,000 people will participate in the Women's March in Washington or in one of the estimated 600 sister marches happening on January 21st, which is Saturday or the days following. The Women's March on the Utah State Capitol is on Monday. And by the way, there are other marches in Utah. We'll try to get that information out to you. The mission statement of the Women's March in Washington reads in part, The rhetoric of the past election cycle has insulted, demonized, and threatened many of us, and our communities are hurting and scared. The Women's March in Washington will send a bold message to our new government on their first day in office and to the world that women's rights are human rights. Well, we're going to talk with several women who are going to participate in the women's uh, marches, including uh, Michelle Bogdan-Holt, director of USU Access and Diversity Center. And we're going to be talking a little later with former candidate for U.S. Congress Donna McAleer. And uh, we have uh, later in the program uh, Bets Judd. Uh, she is in Washington, D.C., planning on uh, marching uh, in, the, in, in the march on Saturday. Uh, we hope to hear from you as well. We're wondering, heading up to the inauguration of President-elect Trump, What are you thinking and feeling? And the inauguration, of course, is tomorrow. You can comment right now to upraxcess at gmail.com. We're on Twitter, at upraxcess. And you can call us. Here's the number, 1-800-826-1495. So upraxcess at gmail.com or 1-800-826-1495. Michelle Bogdan-Holt, Director of USU's Access and Diversity Center, joins us in studio. Thanks for coming in. Thank you, Tom. Uh, so you're going to be marching in Salt Lake on Monday. On Monday, so tell us why. 
Why did you want to join the march? I think it's for um, primary reason is I think it's important, especially after this recent election, that women come together and make their voices heard. I think that prior to this election, particularly in the state of Utah, there, um, through our own legislative process, has been a concerted effort to um, marginalize women, I, you know, attack on women's rights. And I think, if anything, I hope that this election will motivate women, particularly in the state of Utah, to come together and make their voices heard. Mm. Uh, I've talked to a couple of women, you know, off air, off the record, as it were, so I won't give their names, uh, who are telling me this, they don't see this as a protest. Mm-hmm. I guess it's a fine line. Right, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, because this is very coincident with President-elect yeah. Trump's inauguration. Yeah. The mission statement of the March on Washington talks about uh, the ugly rhetoric of the past, mm-hmm. um, uh, you know, a campaign. Um, and I think many would say, well, the ugly rhetoric was coming from Mr. Trump and not Secretary Clinton. Right. So yeah. do you see this as a protest? What do you how, what, how do you see this? You know, the the organizers, if you know, speaking about the march in Washington, um, there was a woman in Hawaii, a retired grandmother, um, former attorney, who after the election wanted to do something and got the idea and started it. Um, and it's been a really interesting process to watch how the Women's March in Washington has come to fruition. Um, one of the things that I really appreciate that about that particular march is that in the beginning, there was some concerns that um, no voices from women of color were included. Um, the original organizers were all white, and then they, they also were borrowing terms from other marches, the One Million March that happened in 1997. And so they brought in women of color and also exceptional organizers to also help with this particular um, march. I think that um, the the one difference between the march on Washington and the marches happening in Salt Lake is that it was strategically planned on Monday as a way to also bring attention because it's the start of the Utah legislative session. Mm -hmm. And so I see the March in Washington, I see both marches as a way of standing shoulder to shoulder, um, expressing concerns and raising our visibility. I see the March on Monday as a way of basically alerting the state legislature that women are concerned about what is going to happen in the next four years as well as within this next legislative session. Mm -hmm. So I notice that people are very careful to not use the word protest mm-hmm. and mostly use uniting and unity mm-hmm. and I really appreciate that what uh, as you're marching and this is be the, it's it, and I noticed on Facebook at least it's called the not the march on Salt Lake City mm-hmm. but the march on the Utah State Capitol exactly. so directed very much at the legislature yeah what do you hope legislators get out of the march what, what do you hope the message that they get absolutely I think that one thing that I hope they recognize is right now Women comprise 49.7% of the population of the state of Utah, yet we have 19% in terms of women legislatures, legislators in the, in the Capitol representing us. And I think that that needs to be corrected. I think that I'm hoping that from this, more and more women not only will be interested in getting involved on a local level, but also maybe more women will be, become more and more interested to become leaders and possibly elected officials. And I think that if women can see there is a concerted effort here to come together, make our voices heard, that there will be some leadership that will come from that. Um, secondly, I think it's important for the folks who are at the state capitol representing us, hear from us and what is important to us and what the priorities are to us. Mm. I'll, I'll follow up, and uh, we're, we'll shortly bring uh, Donna McAleer into the discussion. Uh, this is an email from Lynette, who says, Thanks for the email about women's marches. Uh, please don't let everyone think the only way to participate in Utah is this in Salt Lake City on Monday. There are sister marches on Saturday, January 21st, in Ogden, Park City, St. George, and Kanab. I understand the Salt Lake organizers hosting the march on Monday and hope uh, to to get to legislators' attention on the first day of the session, but it's uh, set for a time when most women I know cannot participate with some big logistical difficulties. I think it's in the afternoon, is it? Yes, it's at 2 o'clock, mm-hmm. and there's also one happening in Moab. Okay, on Monday. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, but that's Actually, a, Saturday. On, sa- on Saturday, okay. Yes. Uh, so let me underline uh, Lynette's uh, point. There are sister marches happening on Saturday, 
in Ogden, Park City, St. George, Kanab, and you're saying, Michelle, in Moab. So we'll try to keep announcing that as we go along. And thanks for that heads up, uh, Lynette. And um, I'm guessing you just Google Women's March mm-hmm. Utah, or you can, you can bring up the other marches. As well, and, and the wonderful, this is the positive side of social media, is yeah. getting the word out about these particular gatherings. Right. Uh, so again, Sister Marches on Saturday in Ogden, Park City, St. George, Kanab, and Moab. And there might be other places. And uh, let us know if you want to get the word out on, on the march in your area. UPRAxis at gmail.com. UPRAxis at gmail.com is the way to email us. And you can call us to 1-800-826-1495. Uh, talk about uh, why or why not you're participating in the Women's March in your area. And uh, perhaps uh, tell us what you're feeling as we're heading now to the uh, uh, inauguration of mm-hmm. President-elect uh, uh, Trump. Uh, so I'm not sure, Shel Bogdan Holt, uh, I think uh, half the country is jubilant, I would imagine. The other half is maybe trying to wake up out of a bad dream. I've heard that um, very comment quite often as of late, yeah. waiting, for, waiting to wake up from this nightmare. Right. Uh, and it, it, uh, Maybe there's some sense in um, you know the inauguration being two months after the election mm-hmm. you know, so so yeah uh, people can get used to the idea if you're if you're opposed to it and build the anticipation if you're for it mm-hmm. right um, it used to be in March by the way yes. so which, which seems a little long um, we let me read this email and then we'll bring in Donna Mackler uh, this is from Pat uh, Pat says we are a town of 130,000 and relatively conservative in Utah. Uh, With this past presidential election, I realize how important my vote is, as well as setting an example for young men and women by standing up and making serious statements about equitable treatment of women and addressing their needs as a powerful voice that has to be heard. It's action now. It's loud now. It's right now that we have to speak up and lead. We are a force, and our polite silence will be no more. The future for our country is female. Let's march, says Pat. So mm-hmm. thanks thanks for that, Pat. Excellent. And you can email us. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, UPRAxis at gmail.com. You can call us to 1-800-826-1495. And we now welcome in Donna Mackler on the telephone. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Donna, are you there? May have uh, something uh, wrong with our, our phone uh, system there. We'll, we'll bring Donna McAleer uh, uh, in. Let me just, while we're waiting to get her, I wanted to read uh, just something from uh, Charles Blow, which uh, struck me. Uh, this is from the New York Times. Charles Blow is, uh, is a columnist with the, with the uh, New York Times. Uh, he says, let me just read you the, the first couple of paragraphs from uh, his recent op-ed piece, which is titled The Anti-Inauguration. He says, Mr. Blow says, the inauguration of Donald Trump as the 45th president of the United States is just two weeks away at that point. So now is the time to begin making plans to send him the strongest possible signal that your opposition to the presidency he has foreshadowed will not be pouting and passive, but active and animated. Now is the time to begin making your plans for the anti-inauguration. Exclaiming your resistance while necessary is insufficient. Resistance is a negative position. While negativity in the face of menace is justified and admirable, negativity alone is a fractional response. As with most things in a fully articulated life, balance is required. You need to augment your outrage with actions that are affirming, behaviors that reinforce principles and uh, values. What do you think of that, Shil Bogentol? You know, I think that's a powerful statement. The, the one area that I would probably respectfully disagree with when we're talking about resistance, um, I think that there are several ways to engage in acts of resistance that are positive. Um, I think basically doing service, um, standing shoulder in shoulder with folks who are already doing the work of um, creating equity, equality, and diversity, as well as engaging in, in movements of social justice. Um, but I do, I really appreciate what he is saying in that, um, you know, it's time, it's time to get animated. It's time to take action. I think that um, one of the um, criticisms that I've been reading about the Women's March um, in Washington, um, particularly from a writer by the name of Shika Damia from The Week, she's basically referring to it as a feel-good exercise in search of a cause. And I think the one potential... Um, 
concern about that march is that there's not a strong clarity of purpose. You know, they are basically, you know, an umbrella of, you know, women's rights are human's rights, and they are encompassing environmental justice, women of color, LGBTQA issues. Um, what I'm really interested in and, and appreciate about the march on Monday is they've narrowed down their focus just a little bit to they're talking about racial injustice, gender wage gap, access to health care, reproductive justice, sexual assault prevention, violence against women, human trafficking, and comprehensive sex education. So I appreciate the organizers down in Salt Lake kind of narrowing that focus just a bit. But I think it's so important that it doesn't end on Saturday. It doesn't end on Monday. We're not going to go to Salt Lake. We're not going to go to Washington and, and, and engage in this and then come back to our own individual communities and do nothing. We need to take those messages back to our community. We have amazing things going on in this community to promote equality of women and, and prevent you know domestic violence and intimate partner violence. So I, I do appreciate what he's saying. I think it's also very important to it, it cannot end on Saturday or Monday. Thank you. We have with us in studio Michelle Bogdan-Holt, who is director of USU's Access and Diversity Center. We bring on now by telephone uh, Donna Mackler. Uh, are you with us? I am. Oh, Thank you for having yeah. me. Apologize for the phone uh, issue before. Uh, so Donna McAleer, I think people remember, uh, ran for Congress a, a couple of times um, as a Democrat. Um, and I think you're a management consultant as well. Correct. Correct. And, Thank uh, you. I do uh, health care strategy work for Veterans Affairs. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, and you uh, you're, were a member of the military. As well. Right. I'm a yeah. veteran, uh-huh. and I just finished a appointed term by Secretary Leon Secretary of Defense Leon Panetta on the Defense Advisory Committee for Women in the Service. So I have been involved in advocacy for quite a while. Okay. Uh, so I understand you're marching in Park City. I am marching in Park City. Yeah, this, I is, think this is on this Saturday. Outcome This Saturday, it's called the March on Maine, and it's in collaboration with the creative community and Sundance. Um, I think for many, the outcome of this election was a catalyzing event for a large and diverse population mm-hmm. to become activists and advocates. And similar to the email that you just shared by Pat, um, you know, one of our founding mothers, Abigail Adams, in a letter to her husband, John, wrote, we have too many high-sounding words and too few actions that correspond with them. And I couldn't agree more with Pat. I'm marching in solidarity with other women and veterans across the country in demonstrating our respect for the dignity for freedom, for human rights, for safety, for health, and recognizing that the diversity of our country, the ethnic, the religious, the sexual, the political, the educational, and the experiential diversity is really our greatest strength. This is about human rights. It's not just women's rights, but women's rights are human rights. It's about why 51% of our nation's population still gets less pay. And in Utah, we have the greatest pay differential. It's about less representation in elected office and in corner offices. Utah, again, is at the bottom of the charts in terms of women in elected office. It's about less access to and more expensive health care for women, less safety and less respect than the other 49% of our deeply divided nation. I'm marching in support of rights of all and protecting those rights that have been under attack, at least verbally, leading up to tomorrow. I wonder, uh, I want to um, put forward an attitude that uh, was exemplified by a... um, an emailer to a previous program. We, t- we talked about fake news last week. Um, and I've been thinking a lot about Dan in Springdale. Um, he emailed me twice. Um, and I, while I disagree with him, I do understand where he's coming from. He essentially uh, said that on November 9th, the day after the election, he quit the news. He feels like the country's going in the wrong direction. There's not a whole lot we can do to stop it with the election of uh, Trump. And he's basically retired from the news, and uh, I, I guess he's because it's it's just too distressing uh, to him. Like I said, I you know disagree with that, but I understand, and I, I've talked to people who kind of had that attitude at, right after the election. This seems like Donna Mackler. This seems like uh, the opposite response: uh, marching and uh, getting heavily involved. 
Very much so. I think there are a lot of people who want to disconnect from the news and for social, from social media because of what we're hearing. And I can empathize with that, but I can't act upon that. I think it is incumbent upon us as citizens of this nation, one nation, indivisible, that we stay informed and educated. And that means reading and listening to different news sources and verifying the things we're hearing and the things that are being said and to question it. I mean, this is this is where the free press and freedom of speech is so important. And again, why it's important that all citizens and particularly veterans participate. We as veterans have a long history in supporting and defending and fighting for those progressive values of free speech, the right to public assembly, flag burning, the stewardship of public lands and religious equality. It is incumbent upon the citizens of a democracy to stay informed, to stay educated, and to act upon that. And I think these 300 or 270-plus marches that are taking place across the country tomorrow in solidarity and the one taking place in Utah on Monday at the opening of our state legislature are really a continuation of those marches in Seneca and Stonewall and Selma. These were about civil rights, about human rights, and the protection and defense of those rights that were so hard fought and won and that we enjoy. We have got to stay educated and informed. Uh, I want to uh, bring up Donna Meckler, uh, something that uh, Michelle Bogdan Holt said before you, we, uh, you, we brought you on. Uh, she was talking about, I'd ask her what she hoped the message the legislators got in the, in the march on the Utah State Capitol. One of the things she brought up is we need to get more women into elected office. So you've, you've run for office. What, what, what's your uh, thought on that? How to, how, how to encourage more women to, to do what you've done uh, to run for office? Well, I don't think it's about women running for office. We've had plenty of women running in this state for office at the county, at the state, at the federal level. What needs to be done is the education of voters. Voters are learning about candidates or not learning about candidates um, from various entities. And we're one of seven states that has straight party ticket voting. And when somebody votes straight party, they're really abdicating their responsibility about casting an informed and educated vote. Um, there, again, have been plenty of qualified women to run for office, and I'll include myself in that. But most of us have lost by significant margins because in this state, there is a belief that women are not equally as qualified and competent as men. And we have a culture that continues to promote that, that doesn't promote um, questioning, that doesn't promote critical reasoning, that doesn't promote logical thinking. And I will tell you, all the women who have run for office in this state, whether they be Democrat, Republican, Green, Libertarian, or Independent, have done some pretty amazing practical things that give them that experience to be a voice and a conduit for their constituents. They're not beholden to others. So in the state of Utah, this is not about women running for office. It's about women in this state and men voting for those qualified women who are voting, who are running for office, excuse me. I, uh, some would say a more, you know, more simplistic answer is, well, just get more women to run as Republicans. But you're, you're saying it goes, in your view, this goes beyond that. It, it goes way beyond the party. But we have a state that promotes a belief that one party is superior and better to the other, and that people don't take the time to really understand a candidate's Dance on any particular issues. I know in my first campaign, I had people coming after me left and right saying this, this was the correlation. Because I was a Democrat, I wanted, to con- I wanted to cut the defense budget. Okay, that was the farthest thing from the truth. 
Had they even looked at my background, that I was a veteran, that I continued to serve and work to make our armed forces stronger? No, people make assumptions based on the letter that is after their name versus doing the research and education that they should do. Um, and it's and that's what's so disappointing because so many people today in this state and certainly we see it around the country get their news from Twitter, which is 140 characters, or a bumper sticker, which is probably about the same, or a headline. And what we need to understand is those three methods of communication, um, the use of Twitter, the use of headlines, and the use of bumper stickers are meant to catch attention. They're not meant to give a good description, to provide understanding. But we're kind of lazy in this country and in this state that we don't question, we don't further find out information, we don't balance varying perspectives, we don't talk with people who may share a different political orientation or view. So education is important. Yes, if I mean, I, I think statistically, if more women run, will more women get elected? Potentially, yes. Statistically, you would hope that would happen. But we should be voting for good quality women that we've had in these last several elections. Um, Misty Snow, while young, you know, she really represents the working class. Charlene Alboron has started several businesses and been philanthropic. Myself, who's been in business, who's been in nonprofit healthcare, who's been a military veteran, we understand day-to-day life. We want to put people's needs in front. But we have a state that is not willing to research to, um, and to learn about other candidates. They just want to check the box for R. I was, it was suggested to me several times that I run as a Republican. Well, the challenge of that is my values don't match with being what the Republican platform states. And, you know, I really think in this country we really do need a third party because both the Republican and the Democratic parties, and I think even more so in this, this election, have been pulled to the ideologically, ideological extremes. And most people are centrist in their views. Um, I happen to be fiscally conservative and socially very responsible and active. But if you just see a D next to my name and you don't take the time to learn about my stances, positions, and experience in different industries and sectors, you're just going to make an assumption. And I think a lot of people made assumptions with many of the women running for office. Michelle Bogdan-Holt, I wonder if you have anything to to say on on that last point or anything else that uh, Donna McAleer has been saying. One of the things that we can extrapolate from what Donna was just talking about in terms of, particularly in this state, women not being trusted to be in leadership positions in in the legislation. And, you know, I'd like to, uh, you know, take that point and and look at the national election. If you looked at both candidates, um, Donald Trump as well as Hillary Clinton, we heard a lot of... Hillary Clinton cannot be trusted. Hillary Clinton is not honest. And and when you look at the polls, 42% of women in this nation voted for Donald Trump. 62% of non-college educated white women voted for Donald Trump. Mm-hmm. To me, that speaks volumes. You know, we're talking about in generalities of women not being trusted. It, it, it seems to me that that isn't just that is women not trusting other women. Mm-hmm. And how do we fix that? And I think that's why the women's movement is even more important in this during this time is either we have forgotten about a certain sec- sector of women or we are not we're not reaching out either in as Republicans or Democrats to women to start coming together and start talking and start affiliating with one another. But I think the national election is a prime example of what Donna is talking about this this mentality of, well, women can't be trusted as leaders and in the straight ticket 
voting is mm. also something that we need to address. Mm. Let me read this uh, email from Catherine, and I think uh, goes to the point that uh, both Michelle and, and uh, Donna were making. Um, she says, hey, do you know what 49% of the women in Utah should have done? They should have all voted for someone other than Trump. Three exclamation points. Women had an unprecedented opportunity to get the first female U.S. president in history, and we blew it. I hope every woman who chooses to march are all people who took the time to make their voice heard when it truly mattered on Election Day. Let's not ever forget women. We are partly to blame for the situation we're currently in. Thanks. That's Catherine. Um, um, response from Michelle first and then, then Donna Meckler. Yeah, I think that, um, you know, what she's saying is is really, really valid and really important. And and I think that, you know, instead of feeling disheartened about, you know, the situation that's happened, I think it's just so important to you know, make take this opportunity to, again, activate, start coming together, figure out what happened and what we need to do moving forward in terms of future, um, future elections and um, how we work with one another. Donna Mackler, what do you what do you think of what Catherine said? I think Catherine's point is right on, and it goes back to what Michelle talked about as being underlined. There is this lack of trust of women. The comment or the headline or the tweet that Michelle referred to: "Hillary is a criminal. Hillary cannot be trusted." Well, did anybody really look and verify all those things? She's never been convicted of anything. Um, did she put herself in situations that were questionable? No doubt. But if people had gone beyond the headlines, they would have learned that we had the most qualified person in U.S. history to become commander in chief. And that was Hillary Clinton. Whether you like her personally or not. And I think in Utah, we really suffered from President Clinton's legacy, if you remember, this was the only state in the nation President Bill Clinton finished third. And a lot of that, and this goes back to what I heard during my campaigns, is there is this prejudice and assumption that Bill Clinton exercised, overreached his executive authority, and one of the last acts of his administration was to designate Grand Staircase Escalante as a national monument. And despite the economic benefit it has bought to this state and that county and having yet another wonderful national monument in our state that drives tourism and outdoor recreation, people go back to the decision, even though that was a Republican president, Teddy Roosevelt, who signed the Antiquities Act to preserve land for future generations. So, yes, women have a large a large burden and responsibility in this election because i think many voted based on lack of trust and again what the headlines were saying hillary clinton like her or not is the most qualified candidate that this country has ever had uh, uh, we have to uh, take a break i know uh, i think uh, donna mackler has to get going here but uh, donna mackler um, final comments. What, uh, what, what do you hope uh, happens as a result of, uh, of these marches, including the one you're marching in in Park City? Well, I hope this brings women and men in their communities and in the country together in a nation that is indivisible and will catalyze and ignite and energize the current generations and the future generations to speak up to get involved and to vote. I'm bringing Carly. I mean, my 13-year-old daughter very much wants to participate in this. We had kind of thought about going to D.C., but the fact that this, this was taking place here in Utah, in Park City, organized by the creative community, um, I very much wanted to be here. And I want to march with people in my community, in my district, um, those that have been responsible for bringing issues to um, the public forum, as many documentary films do. So I hope with this march, we ignite a passion for speaking out, for defending, 
for acting and voting, just just as our um, just as those Americans who came before us in Selma, in Seneca, and in Stonewall, that women's rights are human rights. Uh, Donna Mackler, thanks so much for joining us. Appreciate that. Thank you so much. Yeah, Donna McAleer is planning on marching with her daughter and many others in Park City on Saturday. And as Lynette has pointed out, uh, there's more than one march in Utah. The uh, the one, the uh, Women's March on the Utah State Capitol is happening on Monday because that's opening day of the legislature. But uh, several other marches are happening around the state of Utah. And uh, those are happening in Ogden, Park City, St. George, Kanab, and Moab. Perhaps other areas. Let us know if we've left one out. UPRAccess at gmail.com is the place to comment. We want to know if you're marching. If so, why? If not, why? And what are you thinking and feeling as we head to Inauguration Day, which is tomorrow? 800-826-1495 is the phone number. UPRAccess at gmail.com is the email. We'll take a break now and have more following the break. Thanks for listening to Access Utah today. The Women's March on Washington organization estimates that more than 1,300,000 people will participate in the Women's March in Washington or in one of the estimated 600 sister marches happening on Saturday or in the days following. The Women's March on the Utah State Capitol is on Monday because of the Utah State Legislature. Uh, but many marches are happening on Saturday in Utah, and there are marches uh, planned for Ogden, uh, Park City, Kanab, uh, Moab, and other places. And we want to know if you're marching, and if so, why? What are your feelings heading up to Inauguration Day, which is tomorrow? Uh, the mission statement of the Women's March in Washington reads in part, the rhetoric of the past election cycle has insulted, demonized, and threatened many of us, and our communities are hurting and scared. The Women's March in Washington will set a bold message uh, to our new government on their first day in office and to the world that women's rights are human rights. And we're talking uh, through for the hour with Michelle Bogdan-Holt, director of USU Access and Diversity Center. Uh, coming up, we'll be talking uh, with a woman who's going to be marching in Washington, D.C. That's Betts Judd. And we talked with Donna Mackler. Uh, let's uh, get a couple more uh, emails here. Thanks for these. You can email us to upraxcess at gmail.com, upraxcess at gmail.com, uh, or call us at 800-826-1495. This is Glenn. He says, hello, I have four daughters and a granddaughter. I've raised my girls to, quote, never have to need a man, end quote. In other words, if they ever found themselves in an abusive or at least in a manipulative relationship, they would not fall prey to and become victims of such. These girls are very outspoken, becoming educated, and two have what I consider healthy relationships with their partners. Uh, uh, parenthetically says, can I consider that a success? <laughs> and parentheses. Uh, those are my brief credentials. My question is, if as a male, uh, am I welcome at any of the marches in support? I feel I have a reasonable stake in the greater points of this uh, show of solidarity. I believe that a strong message needs to be sent in opposition to the malaise and rationale that has overtaken the winning side in this last, he puts this in, in uh, quotation marks, election. This goes from the treatment of women to the treatment of immigrants, all the way to the view of the environment. Whether I can attend or not, I am in full support of this march and champion the ideals therein. Keep up the good work. Women's rights are human rights. That's Glenn. So, Michelle Bogdan-Hold, I think uh, Glenn's welcome to march. Yes, is he, not? he absolutely is. And um, a man of quality is a man for equality. Good. Very good. Uh, so there you go, Glenn, and and uh, congratulations on your on. It sounds like you got some great daughters there. Um, this is uh, this come in from uh, Richard. He says, I plan to participate in the Women's March on Monday. I think it's so important for all the support, uh, for us all to support this movement. So thanks. There's another man who's going to be marching in the Women's March. Absolutely. I think it's great. Uh, and again, there are marches on Saturday as well in Utah, Park City, and Ogden, and Canavan, uh, Moab, and, and other, other places. And we have this email from uh, Kevin. I think he signs himself. So it says, Trump ever imprisoned a woman for simply exercising her First Amendment rights, as Obama has done many times. Uh, he quotes, a, he, he gives a link to a New York Times article in which it talks about the Judith Miller case. Judith Miller, then a New York Times reporter, went to jail for three months. Uh, he he uh, blames Obama for that. So 
um, the Obama administration, at least. Uh, so thanks for that email, uh, James. Uh, uh, and uh, let's see, next up is Terry in Logan. Terry says, my husband and others will be marching. So thanks uh, for that, that Terry. Um, so, Michelle, I, I wanted to talk a little bit before we get uh, Beth's jet on, on the line. Uh, we talked with Donna McAleer. You brought it up, and then Donna McAleer expanded on this. Women getting involved in the electoral process. But, of course, democracy is more than elections. Absolutely. You referenced this early in the program. How do you suggest women and men, other, all, get involved in, in democracy and in, in promoting the, the ideals that you have. Absolutely. I think um, Donna started off with her um, comment about staying informed. Um, we talked a little bit about, I think we both talked a little bit about having to take a little bit of a news break, but I think it's vital that we stay informed about the issues um, locally, nationally, as well as globally. Um, and, and be able to, and also attend attend those Logan City Council meetings and um, gather at um, different types of events to to demonstrate and voice your concerns or voice your support. Um, I don't think you have to be an elected official to change the system. I think that you can become part of grassroots movements, um, nonprofits, community organizations that are trying to affect change. So you can also get involved with your money, you can support um, organizations that are championing the cause that you are interested in. I think there are a lot of different ways that you can get involved in democracy without necessarily running for office. Mm. Let's bring in uh, Betts Judd. Uh, welcome to the program. Hi. Yeah, Hi. Thank you for having me. Hi. Um, um, I'm standing in the Hart Building right now. And okay. I just attended the uh, hearing for Steve Manchin, mm. Manchin and um, found it very exciting. It was my first confirmation hearing that I attended. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm here for five days and I'm participating with um, 11 other women from Cass Valley. So, for oh, the march. Oh, wonderful. So, so you, you decided to, to go to Washington. You're participating in the in what's probably the biggest march around the country, mm -hmm. the, the one in Washington that's happening on Saturday. Um, wh why did you why did you travel across the country to do this? Um, my my concerns involve many issues uh, with this administration, and I like to talk about these issues because they're we've heard a lot about um, you know things that have been said during this election, but I really wanted to focus on the issues: is healthcare, um, the education system. Uh, obviously, the environment. We have terrible air right now in Cache Valley. Um, the economy, and of course, social justice. And many of us, the eleven women that are going to be here from Cache Valley, which I think is a astounding number, um, we are all united in our concern for what we see evolving with this administration. We have a lot of ethical questions concerning how this process is unfolding. Yes, Donald Trump got elected president. But there are things that we ethically call on our representatives, Utah, to do what they need to do to be to have them answer questions about the ethics, about things that are happening, uh, and make them accountable for the American people. Our representatives represent us. They, we, we don't work for them. They have to answer the questions that we put forth. And I feel like, you know, it's hard. It's confusing. The information and the topics and the decisions that are making, I just spent an hour and a half listening to the future chair for potentially for the United States, and the, the issues are complicated. Um, people forget the economy in 2008. He was an investment banker at Goldman Sachs. Um, you know, these are real concerning issues, and more, the more you know, the more you become informed, listening to Donna McAleer talk about going deeper than a headline, a bumper sticker, uh, you know, it's, it's complicated. It's, it's a difficult task to be in politics. People donate and spend, mostly donate and spend their time trying to work on policies that are going to affect our future and our children's future. They're here. They want to be involved. We need the media. Too. That's another. I'm glad you guys called me and reached out to me um, on the radio. By the way, because I feel that we re 
this time right now, we really need you. We really need you to ask those hard questions. We need people to deep, dig deep. And people who are experts, we need to realize that they offer us a window into this process. I'm lucky. I'm here. I have a daughter who lives here. I can stay here for free. But that isn't available to a lot of people. And I feel that the media is the only way to get information, and I'm talking about factual, investigated, good journalism to the American people, no matter where you live. Even if you live in rural Logan, Utah, you should be able, you know, able to access quality information, um, trying to get a hold of our senators and our rep- representatives in Utah is a feat. Um, we tried for two, two or three weeks to finally got in. We met with Orrin Hatch's office, by the way, really appreciate his staff meeting with us. But concerned women, we went in, we asked for a meeting, and we're, it's coming, but it's taking, the process takes a lot. And you also have to have, you got to believe in yourself, and you got to say, yes, I matter. Yes, I want to ask this question. you got to get involved in the process. And I feel like women, men, rural America, we are disconnected from this process where I'm standing. And you guys play a major role in providing that window into what is happening here. Mm-hmm. And it has to be factual. And it has to be vetted. It needs to be researched. And that's, that's why I'm here. I mm-hmm. want to make people accountable. Okay. Uh, uh, hold on. We'll, we'll come back to you. Michelle Bogdan-Holt, what, uh, you were nodding your head at much of what yeah, Beth's just been saying. Um, Beth's, um, I have never experienced an election where a presidential candidate has basically practically declared an all-out war on journalism, news, you know, selecting who he's going to take questions from based on how he feels about how that particular news outlet has reported on him. Um, And I just think it's so vital that people push through that, continue reporting, reporting the facts. Um, I, I've never, I've never experienced anything like this. Mm. Um, in addition, just, just the complete lack of civility, I think is also something to be, um, that needs to be recognized that happened in this election. Mm. And again, you know, with what Betts was saying is it just makes it all the more important that folks like you and, and other outlets keep pushing forward and keep reporting the facts. Uh, Beth Judd, I wonder, uh, of course, it, hopefully you'll have a great experience with the march on yeah. Saturday, and it, it, it looks like it's going to be impressive, uh, mm-hmm. impressive numbers. There are going to be marches happening all over the United States, including in uh, in Utah, marches on Saturday in Park City and, and Kanab and Moab and Ogden and other places, the march in Salt Lake City on, on Monday. But, of course, at some point the march will be over. Then then you come home, and then what uh, what do you think needs to be done at that point? I'm staying involved and, you know, make sure that you stay informed. And, you know, again, talking about the media, you know, we live in a rural state. We're 3,000 miles away from D.C. What happens here, what happens in, in our national government affects the state. And the state government, of course, be involved in your state government. You know, we're still an hour and a half away. There are people live in our community that rarely go down and probably never met with a representative. I mean, there were women that, that we went with that have never, ever had a conversation with any of the representatives, but we are empowered. Um, we feel that it is, we've been a little bit, I guess we could say, laxed in our, you know, activity, and we need to up our game. You know, right now, I think, and this is also for men. This is not just a women's issue. This is a a broader issue for all Americans to take, you know, a stand against things, injustices that are happening in our communities, to recognize it and to call it out and say, this is not acceptable. Um, You know, when kids, I taught school um, in Cache Valley for 11 years, and some of the kids that I've taught, you know, have been, you know, persecuted. And I would say, you know, that is one reason also I'm here, because I feel like we as a community, we treat people with respect. We, you know, we have an obligation to make people who are what we think different or don't live our lifestyle. It does, you don't have to agree with them, but you need to be respectful. And, you know, that was another, you know, reason why I came, because I felt 
that we need to make a stand for people who are minorities, immigrants, um, and people LGBTQ community. They feel persecuted. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I want to be involved, and I'm going to protect them as much as I can. And, uh, yeah, so I'm going to stay involved. And if I hear out something that I don't agree with, I'm going to stand up and say anything. I'm not, I'm not going to sit back and keep my mouth quiet. I'm just going to be involved and try and influence as much as I can. Well, that's, uh, that's wonderful. Uh, I'll have you uh, hold on to, so you can hear this, uh, this comment from Ted. Uh, Ted and Logan has emailed hey. us. Um, so he says, good morning, uh, Tom. Again, what a great program. Resistance to feminism is something I cannot understand, and as I personally frame the movement as being for, for something, not against. In the same vein of the Women's March continuing the work of uh, Selma, I'm reminded of a passage in the recent work of uh, Ta-Nehisi uh, uh, Coates, um, amazing mm-hmm. book, Between the World and Me, where he uh, mentions that the history of uh, slavery is not a history of a group of people, but of an individual woman who cared about the way light fell in a specific spot in the forest, or of an individual man who had a favorite meal. I think these marches, and indeed the feminist movement, needs to be viewed from within this idea of a collection of individuals. Thanks again for such an emotional and compelling program. That's Ted from Logan. We're just about out of time. Um, so, uh, Betts Judd, thank you so much for uh, for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me, and I'll try and post pictures and yeah, and, um, and keep you informed of how it goes. And I definitely on social media will be documenting. So okay, okay, please. Thank you for having me. Please do, and uh, good luck. Good luck with the march there. Oh, thank you. Betts Judd is marching in the Women's March on Washington. Uh, they're estimating, that organization is estimating that more than a 1,300,000 people will be uh, marching, not only in Washington, but in places around uh, the country. And uh, uh, Lynette uh, emailed in and pointed out there are sister marches on Saturday in Ogden, Park City, St. George, and Kanab. Michelle Bogdan-Holt pointed out there's one in Moab. Mm-hmm. And uh, there is one in Salt Lake City. That's the uh, Women's March on the Utah State Capitol. And that's happening on Monday because that's opening day of the legislature. And I think you can just Google it up and, and find a march near you if you want to participate. Absolutely. Uh, Michelle Bogdan-Holt, uh, Director of USU's Access and Diversity Center, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. Thank you for having me, Tom. And you'll be out there marching on Monday. On Monday. Monday. And uh, Donna Mackler has joined us as well. She'll be marching in Park City on uh, Saturday. Keep those emails coming to upraxis at gmail.com. Our inauguration coverage begins at 8 a.m. tomorrow. And uh, we'll be having uh, a live program, this program, uh, from the Utah State Capitol with Governor Herbert and with the leaders of the Senate and House uh, on Monday. Uh, Stay tuned. Thanks for listening to Access Utah. This is Utah Public Radio, a statewide service of Utah State University and the College of Humanities and Social Sciences, KUSR Logan, KUSK Vernal, KUSL Richfield, KUST Moab, KCEU Price, KUSUFM Logan, also heard at upr.org.